I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Our number two of a numbers game at VSEN, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the VSEN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, however you're taking us in. We appreciate it on this Monday morning. It's Gil Alexander live from the old apartment here in Las Vegas, quarantining, or as I like to call it, quarantining, just makes it cooler. Uh, Jeff Parlay is here as well, producer number five and eight. Ocho Cinco back at the uh, studio. Uh, Jeff, we get tweets. I'm just going to read one here. This is from Phil Weiss. Uh, Welcome back, Gil. How about some tennis picks? Oh, and I love the palm tree. I sent some sarcasm about my palm tree, and I'm not really happy about it. Um, Don't mess with my palm tree, man. Don't be jelly. By the way, it's fake. Just want to point that out as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure. By the way, we will have a tennis pick later on in the show. Uh, Jeff and I will talk a little bit more about the uh, Super Bowl as well. But uh, thrilled to have on the sort of the period between championship weekend and the Super Bowl, this gentleman. He'll be on the Megapod this week as well, the Beating the Book Megapod, wherever podcasts are distributed. Uh, but thrilled to have him on the show again uh, on the radio side. Because really, while I said this at the top of the show, while Art Mans Harris put up the refrigerator Perry, the William, the refrigerator prop back in January of 1986. Will William, the refrigerator Perry score a touchdown for the Chicago bears was first 40 to one, got bet all the way down into single digits. And then it really proliferated over the years into this cottage industry. This is the guy who I believe he may sort of push back on this, but I believe from a better standpoint made this the popular thing to do and made this into the huge sort of vehicle that people believe they could exploit, perhaps not as well as he has over the years. But I thought we'd uh, sort of get some perspective, hear his story about it, what he's got going on this year. It's Rufus Peabody, everybody. How you doing, Rufus? I'm doing well, Gil. Uh, sorry to hear you're, you're quarantining, and, and yeah. I like your palm tree. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate but, it very much. I- I think the prop stuff happened long, long before me, though, in terms of like, in terms of betters uh, exploiting it in sort of a more calculated way. You know, I, I learned from people myself. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's it's really. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know how much it's exploded in the last ten years, but from what you're saying, I guess it has. Well, okay, let me. Yeah, okay, you're being you're being maybe you're being humble about it, but let's. Uh, I'll take you at your word that you learn from others, and I have no reason to to think otherwise. Let's put it this way. You were the one who got the first media coverage that I remember about it. Is that true? 
Um, there, so the, I, I take it you're referring to Dan Steinberg's article in the Washington Post 11 years ago? That is uh, correct. Yeah, that is what I'm referring to. I, you know, uh, to my knowledge, I guess there wasn't any other knowledge or article about betters betting Super Bowl props back then, but things were a lot different well, back then, Gil. The word analytics were, wasn't really used. <laughs> things were a lot. That's right. Things were a lot different back in those old days. Let me, uh, oh, there you are. Now I get to see you, Rufus. Looking good, man. So let me, uh, let, so let's, let's go back to that. Cause you were, I assume at that time you were in, were you in Las Vegas or DC at that time? Um, I was in Las Vegas. Okay. So the people that mentored you on this, what was the light bulb? What was the conversation? What was the first seed for you to be like, oh, this is interesting. This feels like a market that isn't quite like others that I could sort of make hay on. What was that like? What was the seed? Well, I think it started when I was making prop numbers for for Las Vegas sports consultants. And I had no idea what was going to happen um, at the Super Bowl. Like it was when I saw all these props, I was like, "Oh my God, it's like Christmas," and and I was I was stuck in the office, and I had I wanted to I needed to be out there on the streets, going from casino to casino. So my, so my first Super Bowl, I didn't get all the opening numbers, but um, but I had an idea of what to do just because of you know I had I had been making numbers on like will there be an interception? What's you know over under rushing yards, passing yards fumbles lost, things like that. And so I learned, I think I learned from, from the guys at LVSC, I learned how to exploit things like prop parlay cards. And so I, I, I got a sense of, um, of kind of how to look at things in a way, like that kind of logical framework to think about things. And then, you know, when I had the data and I guess the, um, the statistical knowledge to be able to kind of price some of these more esoteric props, whereas my brother's gotten to calling them the esoterica. <laughs> so, see, it makes it sound cooler. That's all. That's all this is about. Just making it sound cooler. So, were you? I mean, I don't want to be blunt about this, but like, were you amazed at how soft those prop lines were back in the day? And when we say back in the day, again, we're only talking about. It's like we're not talking about 1965, right? We're talking about 10, 11 years ago. Were you? And not arrogantly so, but let's just say internally, were you just like, wow, like these are really generally pretty soft? Oh, very, very much so. When when you could bet under three and a half field goals at plus one thirty, uh, you know, or, or under <laughs> one and a half fumbles lost was minus one ten, and there were more fumbles being lost in those days. But you know, I, I still remember it was this first Super Bowl for me, which was Steelers Cardinals back in two thousand nine, betting like longest completion under 56 and a half yards. So I don't care what team you are. 56 and a half yards is a really, really long, uh, a long, long play. So uh, I just remember going to parking at bills and basically doing the loop of all the Caesars places. And, and this is where, this is where um, I guess I wow. learned a lot in terms of the LVSC guys in terms of, you know, they're like bet under the limit amount go to a few different tellers at the window and then go to the next property. And just so you can stay under the radar there, because, you know, I, I'd, I'd had my first experience that Super Bowl with, um, with a bet being rejected in the line moving and like moving 60 cents on me. And so I was like, I was really mm. pissed. I was like, they can't do that. Right. So I, yeah, but th there was a lot, a lot of value. Um, by the way, they're not supposed to do that Rufus. I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, oh, I realize that. So, Yes, no, I know you do. The uh, how many 
how, so how many years do you think it went on for before it like it, before the lines got a little tighter like were you able to do this for several years before there was any movement before it, that someone woke up at a book and was like oh wait a minute this dude's killing us on this stuff you know, I think it's been a gradual thing, Gil, so I, I can't really pinpoint a certain year where, where it happened. But the thing is, there, there have always been people like myself attacking props. And so there's always been sort of competition to get those those opening lines. Like you know, Mark, I, Mark DeRosa, who I used to work with, um, yes. I was behind him in line to bet at the Golden Nugget in 2009. He was he already he knew when the props were coming out. He had those connections. He was hustling. You know, his whole group was doing that. And so I, I certainly was not the only person or the first person doing this kind of thing. There's been more and more people doing it over the years. And, and I think there's more and more people that can analyze these props statistically and come and, and basically see, well, you know, like this team at 400 to one odds to not score is like really, really good value. Um, but it's been gradual, just like the, the football markets in general. You know, it's, it's a lot harder to win at the NFL now than it was 13, 14 years ago also. Yeah. Um, all right. And we want to get to some of your picks. We'll do that after the break, but let me just ask you one more question here, not to belabor it, but it occurred to me last week at the beginning of last week, I was like, Oh, you know, because the Westgate used to be the shop, right? The Thursday night at the Westgate, the week before the Super Bowl, was like the event you would line up at least in recent times or a certain period of years. That was the first shop to open. It would be sort of this mini event. And then, you know, you had other books that sort of got in front of it they weren't really precise about when they were going to release their Super Bowl props, but it got a little earlier and earlier. And then last week, you know, it occurred to me, it's like, oh, you know, the DraftKings of the world, they've got at least the boilerplate ones, right? They've got those up like, like it felt like a minute after the championship games ended. So there was no longer this delay. And so I'm curious, because I sort of thought about this out loud and I brought your name up. I'm like, I really should ask Rufus about this. Like, does this sort of change the Vegas game? In other words, I don't doubt that you're able to go elsewhere and do what you you've done, but how has it changed? How has it evolved for you? Because I'm sure it's not the same now. No, you're right. I think first off that places like DraftKings and FanDuel coming up with their stuff and, and having stuff every week, but coming out so early definitely changes things in a, in a bad way because it gives everybody else uh, an idea of how to price these things and where these lines move. Uh, you know, first off, Westgate used to be Tuesday night. I don't know if you remember that, Gil. When I got oh, wow. started, it was Tuesday night. I, I don't remember when it made that change. It was fa fairly early, like probably to 10, 11 years ago where it went to, to Thursday. But um, but I think it really is just the fact that DraftKings and FanDuel are, you know, they have the same props they did last week, basically, for for the conference championship game. So two weeks back, I guess. But they they're offering things like first and longest reception on, you know, every single game. They have these alternate quarter totals. They have all these things. And so you don't have a lot of books that are just um, taking shots in the dark anymore. They, they have a lot to go off of. And so I think that has been a major catalyst in the props market, getting a lot more efficient and an openers being a lot less valuable relative to betting on game day. Yeah. So has it, has it sort of put a cramp in your style then? Is this not as profitable or, or are you anticipating it not being as profitable moving forward for you? Oh, the, the edges, uh, without a doubt, the edges are not nearly as big as they used to be. But at the same time, I, I think that there are bigger edges now um, on game day than there used to be. So, you know, I, I anticipate Cooper Cup is going to keep getting bet up by the public. 
Odell Beckham's going to keep getting bet up by the public. And um, I think with, I think it's interesting because with with sports betting legalized in most states now, um, you have a t- you're going to get a lot more public action. And so it's always been the case in Nevada that the public action is just going to be able to overwhelm the the sharp action just because of the, sh- the sheer number of recreational bettors and bettors that bet once a year that are betting on props and they, they want these lottery mentality bets and they want to bet on things to happen. And so it, it's going to be very interesting to see in the coming years how that sort of shapes props on game day. Interesting how uh, things develop. Nothing is ever static. It all evolves. Uh, Rufus, to the extent that you're able, uh, what's still available, what's still in price range, we'll get some of your props next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game. And right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trend strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, it is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, this weekend, by the way, in case you missed it, and you might have, by the way, we thought that uh, the Dolphins in firing Brian Flores would be making the quote-unquote splash, uh, because if you fire a guy like Brian Flores, despite what's going on with Flores since, uh, that you would want to replace him with some high-profile hiring. Instead, the Dolphins decided to go with 49ers assistant Mike McDaniel as their new head coach. That was announced yesterday, and Jeff, uh, the Texans, not official yet, but they might be close to hiring their new man. Yeah, the the, the Texans' uh, bizarro search uh, seems to be reaching its uh, conclusion here. Uh, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, Mike Garofalo all together on this. The Texans are moving towards naming Lovey Smith to be their head coach. The deal is not done, but uh, it is heading that way, and Garofalo added to that. Educated hunch on this is the Texans make this official either later today or early tomorrow. Either way, Lovey Smith is going to be their head coach soon. And apparently he's tight with McCown. So McCown, who was believed to be a candidate for the head coaching job, might end up on the staff. Who knows? The Jaguars and the Texans, and this is very on brand for both franchises, their coaching searches have been, uh, how can I put this, Um, wayward, 
very interesting how they arrived at who they arrived at and the different directions uh, that they had gone in prior to that. Uh, Rufus Peabody, kind enough to uh, join us for another segment from uh, his spot here in Las Vegas. Super Bowl prop better, professional better in general. He's not just a Super Bowl prop better, but that's perhaps what he was uh, first, uh, what he first gained fame for. You would agree with that, right? That's what you first gained some notoriety for, Rufus? Yes? I think so, yes. You think so? Okay. Uh, so. so, all right, to the, extent, to the extent that you're able here, and I know some of this might be general uh, more than specific, but some Super Bowl props that you're willing to share with us or some just general advice that you're willing to share. Well, I think first the general advice is going to be that if you're looking to bet on an over or bet on a yes prop, I would say bet it now and and don't wait. And versus if, you, if you're looking to bet an under or a no prop, like a no touchdown, no safety, you're going to do better betting on game day. Unless it's maybe, uh, unless it's one of the esoterica, I guess, unless it's uh, some guy like Drew Sample or Samaj P. Ryan or something like that. But but with, with the with the popular players, I think there's going to be a lot of value come game day. So um, an example for me there is going to be Cooper Cup. I'm going to have a very big position against Cooper Cup, I'm sure. I don't have it yet. Um, I, I have Cooper Cup projected for 7.83 catches and 102.3 yards and have him minus 124 to score a touchdown. And I say this and... I don't think this is going to ruin my value because I think the public is still going to be betting on Cooper Cup. Um, he's had an absolutely incredible year this season. Uh, you know, it's, you know, I think his median is, is been like 113 or 118 receiving yards. He's only, he's had two games under 90 receiving yards. Like that kind of consistency is pretty unprecedented, but you have to think at some point, like there's going to be a little bit of regression to the mean and, um, and honestly, my, my, you know, the way I, the way I project these things out, I look at like targets per route run and, and basically the, the number he's been at, even, even if he continues at what the pace he's been in terms of targets per route run, um, it still isn't going to justify a number that you're going to see this, this weekend. And, and you're going to probably see numbers in the 110s, I would anticipate, and some Jeez. no touchdown numbers in, in the plus 150 plus 160 range. So, um, and eight and a half receptions. I mean, I've seen eight and a half at one point, eight and a half under minus 115. Um, I, I'm excited to see how high it goes, and, and I'm going to be waiting and just and then bopping it as much as I can on the under. So just in case people missed it because you, you ran through it at the beginning, you anticipate having large positions against Cooper Cup in, uh, in multiple categories. I, sh I probably yes. should have asked this first, Rufus. And I, by the way, I believe you're right. Uh, Crackman and I talk about this all the time when, when he's on Thursdays, which is we'll get some feedback from some of our friends and from some, you know, pro betters like, Oh, why did you guys talk about that? Why did you guys give that away? Why did you guys talk openly, you know, about this? This is kind of stuff that you want to keep secret. And what we find is that 98% of bet 98% of betters, you can say to them here, this is what we think. And it really, it doesn't matter. They, they're going to behave the way they're going to behave. And in, in this case, what you're talking about is the most public of public things, right? For someone like Cooper cup, who's well known, our brains are wired to for overs on a player like that. There's nothing we can say that's going to stop that kind of wave. So I think you're right about that. But the, the first yeah. question I, Oh, go ahead, Rufus. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and if you want to bet on Cooper Cup, I would just say do it now. Yes. Do it now. Conversely. You're not going to get a better price. Yeah. So I guess the first question I should have asked you was, do you, are, are your, your prop numbers 
kind of in a vacuum? Because most people would say, right, when we talk about props of any game, we say, all right, well, whatever your game conviction is, your props should follow suit, right? It wouldn't make sense if you believe this team was going to blow out the other, but then you went under on all the props involving that team that you think is going to blow out the other team. Are, are your prop numbers similar like that? Or are you just like so in a vacuum with your numbers that you don't care about? You know, I, I guess it has to be correlated to some degree, right? With your game analysis. For sure. But I, I rely on the market in terms of uh, the, the game analysis. So so mine is are, are based on a spread of, of four, actually four and a half is what I've been using, four and a half and a total of 48 and a half. So my total number of touchdowns scored, you know, a total number of field goals, um, all that is going to be based on, you know, those game lines because I, I, in a way, props are kind of derivatives in that regard. And there's a lot of them that are purely derivatives. A lot of these game props are purely sure. based on spread and total. And, and there's other things, obviously, that are based on team tendencies. But, but I, I, I make sure um, it's based on the market numbers. What else uh, besides anticipating a position, a pretty strong position against Cooper Cup? Where else are you going? Well, you know, you mentioned you know, the game flow and stuff. And one interesting uh, guy, and I think I've, I've, we've already bet a ton on this actually. So I feel like I'm okay saying this. I don't think anybody will be too upset at me, but um, I'm under on Joe Mixon rece- receiving yards. I think Mixon has, um, based on the, the, the spread right now, um, which sort of shows that the Bengals are quite possibly going to be playing from a negative game script. Um, obviously that's not, not assured or anything like that, but uh, P. Ryan gets a lot more usage at, in terms of the passing game in a neg- negative game script than than does Mixon. And and if you look in the middle of the season, there were um, when Cincinnati was involved in some blowouts, you see kind of a dip in his his receptions and receiving yards. And a lot of that is um, when they were playing from behind. And so it's if Cincinnati's playing from ahead, if they have a lead, I expect that you'll see Mixon get a lot more use in the passing game. Um, if they're playing from behind, I think you will see a lot less of that and more and more P run. So I think based on where the, the line is, um, I like, you know, under I've seen under 28 and a half receiving yards out there on Joe Mixon. And that's, um, in my opinion, a fantastic bet. Under Mixon receiving yards, by the way, this is and I'm just asking for my own interest because I was looking at Mixon rushing yards. Do you have a position on that at all? Uh, I, I, I'm pretty close to the market there. Honestly, I'm a little bit higher on the, on, on Mixon in terms of carries. I, I haven't projected for 17.6 carries and 65.5 yards. So that'll sound like it's right around the market. But remember that 65.5 is a mean. That's an average. That's not uh, a midpoint, not a median. And so the median associated with that is going to be a little bit lower. So I, I believe I have like under 64 and a half priced out as like maybe under minus 115. Um, and that's, but that's without accounting for injury probability. So I, I probably, if he gets bet up, I probably will still have a position against him as well. Okay. Interesting. We only have a couple minutes left. Rufus, anything else that you might want um, to make I people like, aware of? Sure. I like, uh, so I, I bet some of these first and longest, um, reception numbers. I, I bet T Higgins under 24 and a half for his longest reception. That's the one of those that, that I, I feel like was most widely available that I consistently bet. Yeah, I can. I don't, have any, I don't have any analysis for that one. No, no, no. I mean, but just it's a, I, know, I know, but you know what? As you're saying it in my mind's eye, we're used to seeing T Higgins on these slants over the middle, right? That's like the Bengals go to most reliable play, but never T Higgins. I don't want to say never, but rarely T Higgins downfield. Um, well, so, yeah. 
surprisingly, I think he actually runs a good number of, of, of deep balls. I mean, uh, he, he does. He, he's a, he counts for 35%. I have him as 35.1% of their deep targets. And Chase, uh, for perspective, is 41.8%. So I think Tyler Boyd, he's the guy that's running a lot of the shorter outs. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because uh, maybe that's just a postseason thing. Um, all right, 30 seconds. Anything else that I can squeeze out of you here before you go? I mean, I bet Tyler Boyd um, over 14 and a half for longest reception, but that's up to um, 17 and a half now. So that was, so I, I would not bettable. recommend betting that. Okay. You know, Rufus, I appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll talk again later this week uh, on the Megapod. We'll do some of this all over again. I'm, I'm excited for it. Thanks for having me, y'all. I look forward to it. Rufus Peabody. Thank you, man. Rufus Peabody, everybody, uh, is where you can follow him on Twitter as well. Um, we will be on the Megapod Thursday with Mikey and Todd to do Super Bowl props and, of course, Super Bowl handicap as well for Super Bowl 56. Cannot... We'll come back. Jeff and I uh, talk about this amazing thing that happened in the Cavaliers game this weekend. Next. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Don't forget to join our own Stormy Bonatoni on Friday at 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event at the South Point Casino here in Las Vegas. Stormy will be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris C. Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, and Vinny Maolio for a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game and stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the years. And they have seen their share, believe me. The event is free for everyone over 21, so stop by the South Point on Friday at 6 p.m. to get free samples of Bookmaker Blonde Ale, specials on Budweiser, purchase signed copies of Chrissy's books, and learn from the bookmaking experts. That's always stormy, 6 p.m. at the South Point on Friday. Jeff, you going to that? You going to attend? Yes? No? Maybe? To a a no. to-be-determined, Gil. A to-be-determined. Did you get to go to any of the big uh, events in Vegas this weekend, whether it was the Pro Bowl, the All-Star Game, or any of the skills competition? Did you go to the one on the Strip by any no, chance? No, no. You know, so they filmed all the ones on the Strip on Thursday night, the night before I, it actually uh, aired. So it was, yeah. it was hard to get down there. Trust me, I looked into it. It was just hard to get down uh, where you could even view it well uh, by the Bellagio. Um, no, the, uh, the, the Pro Bowl, no, you couldn't. There was a small consideration of, uh, do I want to go to this? And then after seeing about 30 seconds of the game, I was happy. I didn't waste money going to that. And then the NHL, look, the NHL All-Star game, I, I don't know why that game started at noon local time. It was just odd, Gil. So odd. I, did you agree with my thing about the Pro Bowl, though? Like, turn it into – you don't have to agree with my seven-on-seven seven thing, but, like, turn it into something different because that was – again, Pro Bowls have always been the worst of all the – pro sports, all-star games, if you will, NBA, NHL, major league baseball, NFL, NFL has always been the worst. You can't play fake football, right? You just can't. But this was the first year and maybe I missed it the last couple of years. Cause I really couldn't care less about the pro bowl, but this was the first one where I'm like, Oh, they're not even acting like they're trying anymore. Like this is just ridiculously stupid. You got to turn it into something uh, else. Uh, not what it is, because now it's just a travesty. Even, you know, it was close to that before. We get tweets at beating the book. Jeff Holdorf at Holding Court. On the extra point prop, do you lose your bet if a team goes for two and fails? Does that count as a missed extra point? Don't want to get squeezed on a technicality. Get well and happy you're back on the air. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, no, that does not count as an extra point. 
um, two-point conversion, totally different. So we're talking about the uh, missed extra points for the McPherson and the uh, Matt Gay prop before that I was talking about how minus 330 uh, was on the no that, it, you know, will I'll get the exact wording here just so I don't make this up. The exact wording, will there be an extra point missed? The wording is always key. you got to sort of navigate. Will there be an extra point missed? Two-point conversions don't count for a prop like that, but always check the wording on all of these. Uh, C.D. Bradley, getting back to my point about uh, McPherson, you and I were talking about the fact that he's 12 for 12. Your prop, Jeff, that you liked him over 7.5 points, over 1.5 field goals with Paul Carr. McPherson has the, this is from C.D. Bradley, McPherson has the Bengals' franchise record for 50-plus yard field goals, not in a season ever. which is just out of control to think about a uh, kicker like that. This uh young, uh, then dingers, please at uh, hello wager. McPherson also said on Pat McAfee's show that he wanted Adam Vinatieri's most kicks made in a single postseason record. Like he knew it was on a ball on the desk and called it out. Oh, and so I asked for clarification. So apparently Evan McPherson has an Adam Vinatieri souvenir ball, which lists all of Adam Vinatieri's records. So McPherson, and to whatever extent this makes you want to bet, make the bet more, but McPherson well aware of the fact that if he kicks two field goals in this game or however many it is, he's really aware of the record. So he wants to kick multiple field goals. Uh, He seems to be doing just fine making field goals. This is uh, whether you needed that incentive or not. Chris Housh listening to JVT last segment, brain exploding, loved what JVT had to say about certain things. Uh, and this is okay. That's some, um, some random stuff. Shouldn't it be producer Cinco Ocho that from Roger Kane talking about your nickname there. And uh, Chris Housh, did someone say tennis pick? I know you folk in gambling Twitter land love some, uh, some free picks tune in to VEASAN live. It's coming up. Yes, it is though not quite yet. Jeff, let's talk about this thing that happened in this basketball game on Friday night. First of all, when did you become aware of the Cavaliers Hornets Michigas Friday? Were you watching at the moment? I became aware on Saturday during the Indiana Illinois game that had its own uh, ridiculousness from the officials. But Gil, what we're about to talk about is I've never seen anything remotely (laughs) like this. Well, it's just, first of all, for the, the betting tie-in, I guess, is this. So this is a Cavaliers-Hornets game, which is not the sexiest matchup in the history of the NBA. Let's just start there. And it's Friday night, and the, the, the Hornets were favored by 7.5. And, and the Cavaliers are winning the game by 10 with 444 left in the game. And so it, it really, you know, to say that it had bearing on the point spread, probably not. But could it have bearing on anybody who had Cavaliers money line plays? Oh, man, 100%. Because the Cavaliers ended up winning on two Kevin Love free throws with 1.2 seconds left. They end up winning by one point. But let me take you back to 444 left in the game. So the Cavs are up 10, and the Hornets and the Hornets have the ball. Jeff, it's going to be tough for me to get through without sort of snickering about this. But uh, Hornets have the ball, and I just want to get all the details right. So... Hornets have the ball, and Dean Wade of the Cavaliers touches the basketball underneath the hoop, and his foot is on the baseline. So the play gets whistled dead. It was loose ball, or it was carom, I can't remember. Dean Wade ends up with it, but his foot is on the line, on the baseline. So officials blow the whistle, play dead. But the ball sort of trickles out to Terry Rozier, 
and Terry Rozier of the Hornets. And Terry Rozier, because you know NBA players do this kind of thing, right? Plays over a couple seconds. You know, he's just being stupid. He's like, ah, I'll just take a random three-point shot, right? And uh, Rozier, <laughs> Rozier, you know, while he's doing it, he's by the Cavaliers bench. So Darius Garland and Ed Davis both sort of, you know, mess with him, throw their hand at Garland, like actually puts his hand in, like tries to like swat it. And this is, you know, I will say this, like one of Kevin Garnett's biggest legacies, besides being like a guy who came straight out of high school to the pros years after Moses Malone did it. Like there was nobody coming out straight from high school to the pros for a long swath of time. Uh, in a new era before Kevin Garnett reignited that and it proliferated this whole new generation. And now we take it for granted. That's probably Kevin Garnett's biggest legacy in the NBA. His second biggest legacy besides winning a championship and screaming, any, anything can happen or anything is possible. Pardon me. Is that he did this thing where he would be so super annoying that when people would take random uh, jumpers after whistles were blown, that he would like try to swat them away and not let the ball go in. Uh, because he felt like that they gave them some kind of confidence or whatever. So Garland and Ed Davis back to this game on, on Friday night, do this thing where they're like, Oh, we're not letting you shoot that ball. Terry Rozier. Let's just stop being, you know, stop being stupid and shooting this. The whistle blew and Terry Rozier gets the shot off anyway. And it misses, but the refs call Garland and, and Davis, one of those two guys, I think it was Garland in the end, they call a foul and they give Rozier the points, even though he didn't make it and he got to go to the line. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, let me check the detail on that. But like, this was the most ridiculous thing in the world, Jeff. And like they ended up, the points ended up counting and the Cavaliers had to fight for their lives to win the game. They might've otherwise won this much more comfortably. Like it's, it's impossible to believe that this happened. Yeah, it was, un, it was unfathomable. And uh, look again, it nearly, like you said, it, w- it didn't impact the spread. The Cavs are going to cover regardless. But Cavs are a pretty nice money line price on Friday night in that game. You imagine losing that because of all-time chicanery. By the way, after the game, the uh, the, uh, the 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 crew came out and said, "Yeah, we were wrong." <laughs> like the crew legitimately w- said they were completely wrong. They were obviously wrong in live time. In live time, anyone uh, that's watched basketball knows that was nonsense. What we saw, but. Look, I hope we don't see anything like that again, but uh, knowing how basketball officials especially operate wouldn't shock me if we see something as ridiculous as that happen at some point this week. This is incredible. By the way, here is the here's the statement from Brian Forte, crew chief. Uh, quote, it was miscommunication amongst the crew about the sequence of the play. He said this via a pool report. Upon review after the game, the out-of-bounds was called prior to the start of the field goal attempt, and the shot should not have counted. Um yeah, Kevin Love said, yeah, we thought the whistle was blown and the officials were tapping their head because they thought Dean Wade had stepped out of bounds. That's when E.D., talking about Davis, uh, stuck his hand in there. By the way, Rozier, given the points on the shot, was granted the technical was granted a technical foul shot after that. Uh, and he made the technical. So a four point four points gift. And so I guess, again, could it have affected Cavaliers' money line betters? Yeah, darn right it could have. Just absolutely the weirdest thing you could ever see in just a random NBA game. And again, we're betting on this stuff, people. 
Good Lord. Can't have mistakes like that. It's a new day and age, for God's sakes. Coming back, Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20. That's 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well, producer number five and eight. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback. This is from Steve in Vegas talking about the Pro Bowl uh, at 702. Steve Sports, he said, I, I bet over 64, talking about the Pro Bowl yesterday, since I got a last-minute comp ticket, really just for some action and figured good chance of going over. Capital letters now. How to, hey, capital letters. Had I known... It was a two-hand touch game. I probably would have bet 10 units on it. If it's the same in the future, is this an auto bet up to 80? I mean, that's why I think they've got to change it because otherwise, I think the answer is kind of yes. Because what is that? It's not even a football game. Complete. It's barely two-hand touch, matter of fact. Uh, Dingers, please. By the way, I just wouldn't bet it at all. It's quite frankly, is my most sound advice. Uh, back to Dingers, please. He was just talking about the uh, Evan McPherson thing about being aware of Adam Vinatieri's postseason field goal record. And we were relating this to the props over one and a half field goals made for McPherson. Um, he says two will tie. He believes that two will tie the postseason record. Remember McPherson, twelve for twelve in three games on field goals. It's just unbelievable. Uh, he believes two will tie the record. Three will break it. Um, by the way, there are options. There are some props that will uh, 
have McPherson at three field goals made or four field goals made, it's about five to one and 10 to one, uh, respectively. Him making two is about plus 225. So thank you for that. Uh, for again, I didn't expect to do a whole bunch of field goal kicking props, but that's where we ended up landing today. Uh, tennis pick. We must give a tennis pick. We don't, we don't must, but uh, I teased that I was giving a tennis pick. And uh, we'll never force picks here on the show. If there's four tournaments like there are uh, this week, three on the men's side, one on the ladies' side, if there are no picks, there are no picks. We only go where the numbers go. Uh, for those who missed it, I hope you were able, I hope many, I hope most did not miss it, but I uh, came on. Jeff, you were kind enough to invite me on Thursday. You didn't invite me back on Friday, which is a whole other story. But uh, when you invited me on Thursday, I came on, gave three picks. Those all hit, including a plus 157 dog. So I hope everybody played those uh, picks that day. Uh, who was it? Was it Tabilo and Sosa? And I can't remember the third that day, but whatever it was, it was three and oh. And um, so today, because these tournaments are sort of ramping up, I just have one play and it is on the lady side. And by the way, because these tournaments are all over the globe and we do our show seven to nine Pacific, right in this window, uh, 10 to 10 to noon Eastern every day. It's really tough to kind of, you know, cry me a river, I get it, but it's it's sort of a challenge to figure out, well, there's one tournament in Dallas, so that's on our American, you know, schedule, generally speaking, but then there's one in Rotterdam, there's one in St. Petersburg, um, where's the fourth one now, I can't even remember, oh yeah, uh, also in our time zone, generally speaking, in Buenos Aires on clay, so it's just a matter of figuring out which plays are about to happen and which aren't. Long story short, if I can get there now, the one play is on the ladies' side tonight in St. Petersburg, Russia. Uh, and this is a big dog play on the ladies' side. Uh, it is on Xinyu Wong. Let me spell that for you. Jeff, this is for the newsletter. Let's spell it for the newsletter. X-I-N-Y-U Wong, W-A-N-G. Zinyu Wong is the play. I got her at plus 210 last night, yesterday evening to be exact, plus 210. She is going up against a former slam champion, albeit on clay. This is indoor hard courts in St. Petersburg. But Elena Ostapenko is a slam champion. She is the much more well-known player. Um, and she's a very heavy hitter. But, sh but so is the young Zinyu Wong. And uh, they're sort of similar players, but I will tell you that numbers-wise, data-wise, and all of my plays are data-driven, whether it's 12-month, whether it's six-month, uh, whatever the time period assessed, Zinyu Wong is pretty favorable against, uh, in terms of her numbers vis-a-vis -vis Ostapenko's. At plus 210, and you probably, before the show, I went to see what the number still was. It was still plus 203-ish, so it's still very playable. I wouldn't play it any lower than, say, plus 170, plus 175, but as of two hours ago, you weren't in any jeopardy to be lower than that. Maybe it's moving now, as, as I mentioned that. But that's the play. Xin Yu Wong, I got it at plus 210. Anything down to plus 175, plus 170, don't play it lower than that. But that's the play for me. Um, I think that's a really good value bet for a player who is largely um, 
I mean, certainly not well known to the casual tennis better, but also just an up and comer, not somebody as well known as Ostapenko. So it's Zin Yu Wong. Now, here's the thing. There's a couple players on the ladies tour. There's also a Zi Yu Wong. I don't want to confuse you, even though I realize that just came out of my mouth and I probably shouldn't have brought it up to begin with. Don't worry about that. This is Zin Yu Wong plus 210. Uh, that was the number I got her at against Elena Ostapenko. Don't play it any lower than plus 175. Jeff, you got that? That's in the newsletter. Yes. Yes, and uh, just uh, j- j- guys, just find Ostapenko and go against Ostapenko. Isn't that the easiest way to do that, Gil? Okay. I mean, if you find Ostapenko easier, sure. <laughs> sure, that's the way. By the way, it's also it's also in terms of like when is this match? I think it's tonight. But by the but when this show started, there still was TBD in terms of the time. So I'll, I'll check it right now. I don't want it to sneak up on anybody either. But right now, if I go to the schedule matches, uh, what am I going to get here on this match? It's pr- I think it's I think it's tonight. So I think you. But listen, you know how these things move when we talk about them. Um, so yeah, that match is actually. Oh, you know what? That match is actually into the overnight. So it's it doesn't even happen this evening. It will be when we are all asleep tomorrow. So this evening when we're asleep, that's when that match is. But get your bets in right now. I think that's the best bet on the board right now. And that's what makes, again, the timing of this so difficult. Uh, Jeff, I'm glad I asked Rufus. The one thing when, when Rufus was on, he was talking about how much he loves Joe Mixon under receiving yards. And he loves that bet. And I asked him about Joe Mixon rushing yards. And his response was basically, ah, no real edge. It's right around the number I have. I was actually considering that in addition to all the kicking props we were talking about earlier. I was considering Joe Mixon under rushing yards. That's why I asked him. I haven't pulled the trigger on it, and now I'm, quite frankly, I'm less inclined to. But my thinking was with Mixon, he said about 62 and a half yards, uh, generally speaking. Obviously, check to see what the lines are in different spots. But 62 and a half rushing yards. And the reason that it's set there, again, the, the Bengals have played 20 games, 17 regular season, three postseason. He's had 10 games above 62 and a half. He's had 10 games below 62 and a half. It's kind of a hack way of saying why they got to 62 and a half. Uh, but since December started, he's only had two games where he's gone over 62 and a half yards. He's averaging 3.46 yards per carry uh, since the beginning of December. Uh, and again, behind a really poor offensive line and my, you know, it, it, I also made the point that it has to correlate to your game script. I think the Rams probably win, but I'm taking the, I think I'm ending up with the Bengals plus the points in this. Ultimately, it's not a prop after talking to Rufus. I don't think it's a prop I'm going to play. I'm not sure how you feel about that. What are your thoughts on the game itself though? We haven't talked in a, in a little while. Have you bet it yet? And what will you bet if you haven't? Haven't yet. Um, I would imagine that uh, I really think this thing's going to hold out at four and a half. I don't think we see five. If we do, it'll be quick. And there's really no difference between four and a half and five anyway. Um, but I'm more than likely going to end up taking the points with the Bengals. And this feels like a close game that the Rams find a way to win in the end, uh, Gil. But uh, look, uh, the biggest concern for me is that Cincinnati def- uh, offensive line uh, going up against the best defensive front they have seen in this postseason. 
Uh, they, they obviously have not held up well, and even though it hasn't mattered, they've still managed to win games. But but uh, I'm looking at taking a Bengals uh, later in the week. Yeah, and again, we cited that mismatch on the offensive line. A huge mismatch. Um, backed up by the numbers itself. Zin Yu Wong, or as Jeff said, the girl that's playing against Ostapenko. That's your tennis pick. Lombardi line next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.